Welcome everyone to another episode of The Working Experience. It's story time, or what we would like to call here at The Working Experience, shorts or shorties, where we discuss topics, uh, thoughts, very, very short, brief interludes into the working experience, narrated by either myself or Maddie Kay. Enjoy. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleep. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? Man, HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was flipping his toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. This is Maddie Kay. Um, just coming at you with uh, a little mini podcast here. Just some, uh, not, a, not a guided meditation necessarily, but again, we, we want to settle ourselves. I want to settle myself and focus on the task at hand, not get worried about all the other things that the swarm of things that tend to enter our lives the uh, the emails that we might need to return the work that we need to do uh you know deadlines that are coming up and you know it can really it seems sometimes when i'm done worrying about one thing something else crops up in my head that i feel like i didn't do or someone's going to send me an email telling me I needed to take care of this and I didn't or that or whatever it is, you know, and this uh, era of instant communication is creating a lot of that anxiety. So, you know, we want to, we want to try to keep all that in its proper place and in its proper perspective. So today I just had uh, some thoughts on job interviews because we've all done them they can be rough they create a lot of anxiety especially if we don't have a job at the present time um if you have a job and you're looking for another one i think it's a little easier you just feel a little more confident you know you don't really need the job so much if you don't have a job then there's a lot more pressure. I find there's a lot more pressure um, to perform. And it's hard because you don't know what to expect. I mean, there's some questions you can anticipate, but they love to throw you curveballs. I mean, that's kind of the nature of it. I would say you want to keep in mind maybe being the unexpected. You know, there's... um, There's a certain sort of cookie-cutter person for each job. I mean, if you're going to go work in in the corporate world, you know, it's somebody who graduated from a business program, maybe they have an MBA, they dress a certain way, they have a certain haircut, they talk a certain way. Um, That's learned behavior. You know, you're learning it from the people around you. But how are you going to stick out? 
you know, how are you going to be the person that they want? Now, I would say, who do you think top companies want working for them? You know, do they want some spineless worm who takes orders and has no initiative? Do they want just the cookie cutter person who's going to give the proper responses? Or do they want a balls-to-the-wall go-getter? Right? A lot of these positions are high pressure. They require people who can handle that pressure. They require people who can not just take orders, but can make decisions. Those are the people who are successful. The people who are willing to take risks and make decisions and take that responsibility. You gotta have some steel in your shorts if you want to climb to the top. And the job interview really is the first opportunity to demonstrate your, well, your mettle to the corporate big boys. First impressions, very important. Now, I don't really agree. Um, you know, a lot of people give a, fir- a great first impression. They wear the right suit and all of that, say the right things, and it turns out they're really not that person. Um, but, you know, you have to understand you're dealing with people who do abide by these cliches. They, they want you to make a good first impression. I think, no matter what your situation is, their first impression of you is that you don't need them. They need you. Right from the get-go, you got to go hard in the paint. Okay? Go in there with the attitude that I'm going to do you a favor by taking this job. I'm not here asking you for anything. We're here to negotiate why I should work here, why you should work there. If you go in with the idea that I'd love to work here, giving that impression, and I really need this job, and I really need this salary, that just telegraphs weakness. And these people do not respect weakness. Why? Because when they hire you for the job, they need you to make bold decisions. And people who are weak are not comfortable making bold decisions. That should just be obvious. So you, again, got to go in with, I'm here on my time, okay? I came over here. I took the time out of my day to come over here and hear what you guys have to say. So say it. And I will make the decision. friend of mine, Tony, works at Morgan Stanley, and they get tons of applicants. Hundreds of applicants. He has interviewed literally hundreds of people over the last 15 years or so. Um, They come from the best business programs in the United States and schools abroad. Uh, So there's a lot of competition, you know, and everybody basically shows up speaking the same language, wearing the same style of clothes, same attitude and all of that. So I said to him, what makes one person stand out from the rest and Tony said swagger you run that interview you own that shit a lot of people are afraid to do that you know they again we're in this boss employee 
mentality, this mold, this mindset, this dynamic. And that's hard to break out of because you could feel like you're running a big risk coming off like a jerk, coming off as arrogant. Well, what do you think these people are? They are arrogant jerks. I mean, that that's who runs this country. It's who runs the economy. People who have big egos. Maybe not all of them are jerks, but they they own that shit. They have swagger. When they walk, you hear them clanging, the metaphorical cojones. You got to go into the interview like that, you know. Here's how we broke it down, all right? Show up late, maybe about 15 minutes. Do not apologize or acknowledge it. If they bring it up, just say, yeah, whatever. You need to have the attitude that they are on your time. You've taken time out of your busy day to come to this interview, all right? Don't apologize. You show up when you can. Number two, hit them with questions that no one else would think to ask. I mean, it's always like the interviewee is the one asking the questions. Well, you got to switch that to you be the interviewer. You ask them questions. Things like, what brand of toilet paper is used in the bathrooms at the company? Watch their reaction to that. What is the name of the cleaning service employed by the company? Just ask these kind of casual, off-the-cuff, you know. What is the air quality rating in the building? You need high-quality air in order to perform at your maximum level. I think it's a fair enough question. The greatest thing is that they most likely have no idea what brand of toilet paper is used in the restroom. They have no idea what the name of the cleaning service company is, and they don't know what the air quality rating is. So you've just nailed them on three things they don't know about their own company. It's called a power play. All right. Once you start getting people to admit they don't know something, they're on the defensive. Okay, And that puts you on the offensive. That's where the steel and the shorts comes in. Most people would look at those questions and say, I wouldn't ask those. I'm going to seem like an idiot. <laughs> no, 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 no. You'll seem like the smart one in the room. They'll seem like the idiots because they don't know. Number three, take a call during the interview. Arrange it ahead of time. Have one of your buddies call you up. You're a busy, important person. You need answers from people right away and they need answers from you let these corporate drones wait get on the phone call and say, just say hey i gotta take this and don't even leave the room and say onto the phone okay they're buy and sell they're selling buy all right let them know you don't have time for this come on number four don't wear a tie you don't have time for that bullshit. You don't have time to be tying a tie in the morning. You got stuff to do. You got deals to close. Right? Don't bother with that stuff. Don't play their games. Okay? They'll be wearing ties you don't. They will probably ask you some personal questions. If they ask if you have kids, answer maybe. You're not sure if you have kids or not. It's kind of a nice daredevil-ish, ne'er-do-well type of, I don't know, I don't have time to think about if I have kids or I don't 
I got the market to focus on. I got trends to analyze. I got money to make, deals to close. I don't know if I have kids. All right? Again, you own that shit. Don't fall for the test. Okay? My friend Chris works for an insurance company, one of the big boys, and he says that, and I think most corporations do this, most of the big companies do this, they give you a little test. Um, the one he told me about is they ask you to open a window in the office and the window doesn't open. They want to see how you react, how you handle stress, right? They want to see if you'll keep trying to open the window, if you'll say, I can't open it, or whatever, right? And every response you give is probably designed to open you up to some sort of ridicule. So you don't open it up. If they ask you to open a window or do anything else, you say, homie, don't play that. See how that goes over, okay? Homie, don't play that. You're homie. You're talking about yourself. Homie, don't play that. Okay? Number seven, and this is the last one, you end the interview. Right in the middle of one of their stupid questions, you say, I think we're done here. I'll let you know. Bam, you're out. Make sure when you get up, you kind of, don't kick the chair, but you kind of force it back with your leg. And then you just walk out. Don't shake hands. Don't say goodbye. Be on your phone already, okay? You're closing another deal. You don't have any more time for this Mickey Mouse crap, all right? You end it. You are signaling that you work on your terms, not theirs. Now, this may sound crazy with all the competition out there, but you need to think outside of the box. When everyone else is zigging, you're zagging, okay? You're the yin, not the yang. Do the unexpected. Lay in the cut, play it close to the bone, go hard in the paint. And just remember, homie, don't play that. All right, we'll be back at you soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.